0: This episode of The Matt Farage Show is brought to you by the Brickhouse Agency. Brickhouse is a boutique independent health insurance agency that focuses on finding the right Medicare coverage for folks across the country. Matt's wife, Nikki, is the heart behind Brickhouse. She's great at making confusing things clear and is passionate about helping people find a Medicare insurance policy that suits their individual needs. To schedule a free one on one appointment with Nikki or a member of her team, head on over to BrickHouseAgency.com or simply call 844-844-6565 and someone will help you schedule a phone call or a Zoom meeting. The consultation is free because the insurance companies pay BrickHouse, not you. There's never any pressure or obligation to enroll. Your clearer, simpler Medicare journey is just a call or click away. BrickHouseAgency.com not affiliated with or endorsed by the government or federal Medicare program. Contacting Brickhouse Agency, LLC, will direct you to a licensed insurance agent.
1: Hello, everyone. This is Matt Ferrett, author of Prepare for Medicare and Prepare for Social Security Insiders Guidebooks and Online Course Training Series. Welcome to another episode of The Matt Ferrett Show, where I interview insiders and experts to help light a path to successful living in midlife, retirement, and beyond. Amy welcome to the show
2: oh thanks for having me Matt I am so excited to actually be here and talk to all of your listeners
1: I'm excited for you to be here so tell everybody what you do how long you've been doing it and how you help people
2: I kind of try it I am what's considered a geriatric pharmacist I work in long-term care nursing homes assisted living facilities I am also a nutrition coach and I am a fitness professional. So I have all three of those modalities that have kind of and the triad that has really formed what I do. So I I do all three. I still teach uh, fitness classes. I still coach virtually nutrition clients. And then I still work in the nursing homes. But what I love as I coach nutrition clients is I use all three of those. My goal, my mission is to keep us who are 50 plus out of my nursing homes, out of, out of my assisted living facilities to be able to thrive and really live our second chapter independently.
1: Geriatric pharmacist, Mm -hmm. uh, explain to everybody what the difference is between your, uh, retail pharmacist and a geriatric pharmacist. What makes that different?
2: So I used to be a retail pharmacist. I I worked for some of the big chains out there and went into long-term care. So in pharmacy, believe it or not, there's a lot of things that you can specialize in. I specialize in the geriatric population. And as much as this pains me, Geriatrics is really considered like 55 and over. I'm like, wait, <laughs> wait, no. <laughs> I don't mean, think anybody wants to right? become
1: geriatric, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's,
2: and and some of these words that we have to, I guess, kind of change uh, what we say, but that is what's considered geriatric. As we age, medication works differently in our body. We metabolize things a little bit differently. And so I have a specialty. I have a board certification in that where I know a little bit more than per se someone who is just a retail pharmacist who didn't get that specialty about how medication works with the aging body i should say
1: no that that's good so how did you decide to specialize in that and talk a little bit more about how medications uh, affect your body at different ages
2: i uh i moved over from what i I moved over from retail to long-term care and I love consulting. I go into nursing homes. I look at charts, and it was just one of those things that I never want to stop learning. I never want to stop um, becoming better, and that's just one of those things. When you work, when I work in something, whether it be nutrition, whether it be fitness, I want to make sure I'm the best of the best. And getting that certification, learning those those ins and outs and the differences, was really, you know, it's part of the job, but it's, it's a necessary part of the job. So that's why I became a certified geriatric pharmacist.
1: And tell everybody, well, me, I'm being selfish. Tell me, so you mentioned medications affect, you know, humans differently as they age. Do you have any examples of common ones um, that, that,
2: yeah. yeah, go. Yeah. So, I mean, the big ones you will hear something's called the beers list It's beers criteria list. And it's, If you, especially if you're a caregiver, you'll hear this. Well, this is on the beers list, and you're like, I don't care. I don't know what this is. Those are medications that do affect you as you age. So that would be your anxiolytics, and what are those? That's your that's your Valium, that's your Xanax, uh, hypnotics as Ambien, Lunesta, Sonata a lot of those medications get metabolized different. It's slower. It may be if you're female and older, you have to go down a dose. And what I always hear, and you'll hear this no matter what it is, but when I, but I've been taking this for years or I've been doing this for years and nothing has happened. And we have to realize that our bodies do change as as we get older. Our metabolisms, how our liver functions do change. And just because we could do it when we were younger, doesn't mean it's right for us as we get older.
1: And how do you, um, how do you, I guess, you know, there's not a magical age, right? Of when something stops or starts working. If I'm a caregiver, if I'm taking some of this stuff myself, how do I start to notice changes that I need to go talk to someone like you about in the medication that I'm taking?
2: Are you unsteady? Are you falling? Are you foggy headed? Uh, are thoughts not being as coherent as they were before? And a lot of people think it's Alzheimer's or early dementia or or something like that, when it may actually be the medication that's causing some of the side effects. You may not realize what the side effects were before. Maybe you're getting headaches, maybe you're getting lightheaded and dizzy. There's Things that don't seem right that we kind of justify it must be growing older or justifying that it's something else instead of looking at the medication. And the other problem is too, is that if you go to this doctor, let's say you go to cardiologist and then maybe you go to um, an endocrinologist and maybe you go to your regular doctor in theory, they're all supposed to talk to each other and, and know what you're all on. That's getting better but there's still things that slip through. And if you're going to your pharmacy down the street, and then if you're going and getting medication from mail order, or you stopped by Costco and paid cash for something, it's all a lot of times doesn't get, I would say adjudicated doesn't, someone doesn't look at the whole picture and you might be taking things that interact with each other. You might be taking something that's giving you a side effect and you just don't realize it. And honestly, use your pharmacist because that is what is going to help you or whoever you're taking care of to make sure that we're not causing more issues.
1: So stick with one pharmacy or at least have one can, pharmacist that says, all right, what's everything, you know, what, what are all the things you're taking?
2: If you can, because that way you have one document, you have one file and not only not only is it you know the pharmacist able to check it we also have computers that check things too and that makes it much more available um especially if you because some people pay cash and i understand why you pay cash some things are cheaper than going through the insurance company the insurance company will 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 catch things too so you always want that that double triple check to, to make sure that you're staying safe
1: yeah, no, that's good advice. And I know there's, you know, you got, like you said, cash and mail order and different pharmacies and then uh, hospital pharmacies. That's another one too, that, yeah. you know, if you get prescribed something, your retail pharmacist may or may not know it. And then the discount card thing, right? Uh, so right. that's, I mean, where is that captured? If you fill that someplace else, it kind of seems, I mean, I, look there, are, I know there are stopgaps in place to, you know, look at drug interactions, but does it really at times come down to the actual patient or the caregiver to keep that comprehensive list if they're going to multiple places?
2: We have to be our own self-advocates. We have to be the one who's in charge. We can't put that, I won't say put that responsibility, but we we can't let, oh, well, the pharmacist should know this or the doctor should know this or the nurse should know this or the hospital should know this. We have to take charge and be our own self-advocates. We have to, or, or your, or like for my mom, I have, I have a list of all the stuff that she's on that I'm always going through. We have to be the ones to take responsibility.
1: So let me pivot quickly to, you said long-term care facilities or assisted Mm -hmm. living facilities. There's a bunch of different names, right? You've got memory, long-term care, short-term skilled nursing. Can you help me and help everybody listening, understand the differences between Mm -hmm. all of these different names and what they do?
2: So it depends on what state because every state has different laws, but the, but the majority is if it's a skilled nursing facility, which is also called an SNF or SNF, that is your, what we think of as, as a nursing home. That is what, what you get. I would say it's someone who has to be, have total care. They can't live on their own. Well, they can't do ADLs, which are adult late um, daily living. So think about, you can't drive your car. You're not gonna be able to balance your checkbook. You're not be able to put your pants on. They need total care. And what's scary for me, and this is where the nutrition coach and the fitness comes in, is that we used to only see 80-year-olds, 90-year-olds. That's what we saw in the nursing homes. That's not what I'm seeing anymore. I'm now seeing people with, my age, fifties, forties, sixties are becoming the majority of my patients in the nursing homes. We can prevent disease. We can prevent the fact that we don't have to go into the nursing home. And that is really my mission is to get people off. I'm a pharmacist who doesn't want you on medication. If all possible, we can absolutely reverse time, help ourselves so that we can thrive and not decline or become what call frail. So that's skilled. Then we have assisted living. So maybe it's something that like you're not able to do all your meals, or you just want somebody who can check in on you, or you have a button to call if if, if you fall. Those are your assisted living. And sometimes they're called personal care. So you're you're still on your own. You're still able probably to drive your car. You're still able to do, you know, put on your clothes every day, talk on the phone, but it's kind of like um, a semi-retirement community that has some people there to help you if something should happen. Now, the difference is, and this is where a lot of people get kind of caught up, is that most of those people are not licensed medical workers, meaning that if you are an assisted living you fall, they can't help you. They can call 911, but they're not someone who can get you up, do an assessment where a nursing home has that skilled medical community that can absolutely take care of you. So that's kind of the differences. That,
1: that's the difference. And then there are yeah. other right, uh, uh, retirement communities with mm-hmm. stuff on site and they move people from you know, living in a regular home or a condo or an apartment into different various pieces of assisted and or then yeah. home or sniff.
2: Yeah, there's there's several communities that will have like kind of like a step. You start here, if you need this and this, that's available. And then you just have your retirement communities that are like, hey, it's a free for all. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it's just and that's just a retirement community, which is which is amazing because you get the social aspect of people with and your peers. And, and it has nothing to do with any um caregiving whatsoever
1: thanks for clearing those up but i'm gonna go right back to where uh you ended before talking about the other types which is you're seeing people in their 50s and 60s and even 40s sometimes um and you didn't used to
0: why
2: it's lifestyle it's how we eat it's what we do it's our stress level so what i'm seeing is and if you think back because we're all probably Gen gen x baby boomers in the seventies, we had a lot of heart attacks and the American Heart Association, everybody else came out, like, oh, fat is the culprit. And in the eighties, we started seeing everything was low fat, sugar-free, fat-free. So we started declining on the heart disease and we started inclining on diabetes because when you take fat out of a product, you still gotta make it taste good and they put sugar in instead. So we replaced one bad thing with something that is almost, I would say even even worse because diabetes is something that comes up over time and the complications of diabetes, heart disease, renal failure. So that's your kidney kidney failure, gangrene, because when you have high sugar, your wounds don't heal right. Um, And then we're seeing... Knee, you know, total, total amputations because of those, those infections. So unfortunately, where we may have seen that in later years, we're now seeing that in younger years. So we have tons and, and it's really sad, the amount of people in forties and fifties on dialysis because their kidneys have failed due to diabetes. The other thing we're seeing is increasing cancers in younger um, people. We know, we know that colon cancer is probably a direct correlation with ultra processed foods, with what we're eating. We're also seeing increase in a lot of other disease states. And a lot of it just has to do with our lifestyle, lack of movement, nutrition, what we're eating. And our body is one big chemical reaction. I always say this. And if you fuel it the right things, those chemical reactions can do amazing things. You can actually age backwards. Your cells can be better, but when you fuel it suboptimal fuel, it's like if you have a Ferrari and you go and you put in the high octane best fuel, it's going to run just unbelievable. You put in the regular, you're probably going to be on the side of the road sometime because it, it's, just, it's not functioning on all the cylinders that it's supposed to same with our body. We can either fuel it with things that it's, helps with our hormones, that helps with our gut bacteria, that helps, uh, all these chemical processes, or we give it subpar stuff. And those things just don't work. And it promotes diseases like diabetes, like heart disease, like high cholesterol. And the problem is, is that when we get our fifties, we think, Oh, this is just the way it is. This is aging. This is the process. Uh, I'm going to retire. I'm just going to, you know, I, I've I've earned the right to sit on my butt. I've earned the right just not to do anything. And we have to kind of change that mindset. It's like, no, this is the beginning. All that stuff that we did before was training, so that we can start living our life and doing the things that we want to, and be stronger, be better, be more vibrant, and be something that we want to be, and not just put our hands up and go, oh, well, this is the 50s. This is when it starts going downhill.
1: That's a horrible thought. That fifties are when it starts going downhill. Do you see, um, since you're in this every day, do you see a difference based on socioeconomic factors in terms of uh, income or parts of the country that are different, or is this really kind of cuts all swaths?
2: It does cut all swaths, but also there is there is socioeconomic. There absolutely is. You know, I, I, you're not going to have someone um, who has a lower socioeconomic shopping at Whole Foods shopping the organic section. But I'll tell you, there's Aldi's. Aldi's has organics and whole foods at a, at a a discount. A lot of it is what we're being told in the media, which is so confusing. I almost call it analysis paralysis. There's so much information being thrown at you. One one day fat is good, one day fat's not good. One day it's carbs, one day it's not carbs. And there's just so much misinformation out there that people just don't understand. And then you have the marketing geniuses who throw all this stuff at us at the grocery store that tells us it's healthy, air quotes, when it really isn't. And it's a lot to kind of process and we're creatures of a habit. If we grew up on Doritos, if we grew up on certain kinds of food, that's what we're gonna gravitate towards and not even think about it. We don't don't think a lot of times how much food impacts our health later on in life. We just don't. It's not something that we have been have we, we've been taught or it's not something that's been shown to us in the media?
1: So by the time I've reached my age, uh, you know, I've, I've seen, you know, uh, you know, articles online and, and, uh, and, you know, a bunch of books on diet and you had, I mean, you had South beach, what in the early two thousands, late nineties, and then you've got uh, low carb, no carb Atkins. I mean, all these branded diets, um, and then, yeah, you said the 80s, right? It's carb. I can remember eating, you know, low-fat cookies. Wow, McDonald's. these are healthy cookies, right? I mean, like, yeah. uh, maybe not. Um, what? Um, what's your approach? I mean, again, you're a pharmacist and you're a, nu- and you're a nutritionist. So it's kind of the blending the best of both worlds. What's the approach that you see? At least, let me just be selfish again, 40s, 50s, 60s, you know, not yet into the kind of 70s and 80s where uh, you know, you've got a lifetime now, a long lifetime of eating healthy, healthily or not, but go forties and fifties at this point. Um, I know I need to eat better. Um, and Doritos taste good.
2: Doritos so, are awesome. So there's nothing to say that, you know, and I, and I always tell my clients is that there ha- you have to find a balance. The big thing is what I coach is helping to balance your blood sugar okay. and, when you balance your blood sugar, what we don't want is these spikes that go up and down. And you'll hear about this all the time. Oh, insulin spikes. Oh, blood sugar. The thing is, is that every time that you spike or go really high on your blood sugar, insulin is getting released. And unfortunately, sometimes insulin is, they make it out as the bad guy. It's not the bad guy. It's just, we have kind of manipulated it to be the bad guy. What happens when our blood sugar goes way up and that's with eating ultra processed foods, not necessarily all sugar, but when it's ultra processed foods and we go really high, well, now we're increasing the aging process, which is what we don't wanna do. So the things that you can look for is honestly getting rid of ultra processed foods. And what that means is things with chemicals, things with dyes, things that with ingredients, you really can't figure out what they are and replacing it with whole food nutrition, AKA real food, getting back to the basics. It's not sexy. It's not shiny. It doesn't go fast when people like, well, I want to lose weight in our fifties, forties, fifties, sixties, we need to stop worrying about chasing skinny or the specific body type and start focusing on training to stay out of a nursing home. And it is eating the real food, eating, eating meat, eating grains, eating bananas, fruits, vegetables, potatoes. I mean, I'm saying things to people like, Oh my God, I'm keto. I can't do that. No, right. your body needs those micronutrients that's in that food. And when you give your body the right things, those chemical processes can, can flourish and you actually can age backwards and your cells can age backwards and you're going to feel amazing. And then the, and the side effect is decreasing your prediabetes or diabetes, decreasing your cholesterol, decreasing heart disease, or actually reversing it. So there's nothing ever wrong with eating real food. The problem is is that we're so wanting quick fixes that we forget that things take time. Our bodies are not Amazon Prime. Our bodies are not our phone that we can scroll and change change something at you know at a click of a finger our bodies, our bodies have their own timetable, but what we want to do is just keep showing up every day and being consistent. And that's not saying you can't have a cookie or Doritos here and there. It's that that's not your staple. That's not your, I'm not having Doritos with every single meal or every single day. It's, it's embracing the outer perimeter of the grocery store is embracing the real food and getting rid of that pre-packaged kind of, um, the, the marketing, the marketing that says, "Oh, buy this is healthier. Buy this is going to co- help you lose weight," and and just going back to the basics.
1: Back to the basics of real food. Um, yeah. Talk about that, and then right after this, I want to talk about that whole reverse thing. That sounds attractive. How do I reverse aging? Yeah. Talk about. You said meat, uh, potatoes, and you you even said it like, "Oh, the people on keto are like, you know, how horrible." Yeah. So all these, I'm not going to call them fad diets. Maybe. Fad.
2: maybe. Yeah.
1: But, you know, talk to me about your approach. Again, you're, you're a pharmacist, you're a nutritionist. Is there a label or a, uh, a diet out there that, uh, meets kind of all your conditions for, uh, for healthy eating and living?
2: I, I use a platform, what's called faster Way to fat loss. That's what I use because I can coach anybody anywhere in the United States and even the world. I have clients everywhere. And it's, it's a step-by-step approach because it has to work with you. Like, Everybody's everybody's like, well, what do you eat? You may not like what I eat. You may not like salmon, avocados, hummus, that kind of thing. It has to work with you. We're still going to work with the real food, but it does have to work with what you like. And it's going to be baby steps because the first week we just got to get rid of some of the be honest, the crap that most of us eat and don't realize it's like, well, what about this? What about this? And you don't realize until you start really looking and educating yourself as to is, and I don't like to say good or bad, better or better or better. So we look at foods that what, how do they serve you? What will they do to the inside of you? Let's heal from the inside out. And when you start eating real food, when you start eating whole food, What happens is is that your memory gets better, you sleep better, and as we age, sleep is so important. We know that lack of sleep causes Alzheimer's, dementia, high blood pressure, diabetes. It can go on and on and on. So when you start feeling better, when you start thinking better, when you start moving better, everything is. It's like a snowball effect. It's it just builds and builds and builds, and that momentum and that energy keeps going. So it's definitely definitely the whole food approach and. And step by step, so that's the first week. This, the second week is I do what's called macro tracking. Macronutrients are your protein, your fats, and your carbohydrates. And everybody's different. So if if you go on to a magazine that says this is what you should be eating in a day, and they're sending that to all of their subscribers, well, no. I mean, you and I are different, and I'm different than somebody else who is soon to be 53, and maybe my height. Our genetics are different and how they play is different. So everybody has different nutritional needs and we can't just put that in a box. And that's what I do is work on the individual and have them learn how to look at labels, look at why you need certain macronutrients, the protein, the fats, and the carbs, and then also getting the real food that has the micronutrients, which is your vitamins and minerals. And looking at that, and setting that person up and it's holding their hand, it's practicing, it's learning how to do all of this and adding some weight training. Because as we age, we lose muscle mass and we need that muscle in order to get out of a chair, in order to walk. What we see as we age and you see people shuffling all the time, um, it's, I-, I went to a um, a functional person, and um, they're talking, they called it buttlessness. Especially for men. <laughs> and it's true. It's you gonna think sound weird.
1: It. I I do know what you're talking about. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's like you know, my my husband calls it the Hank Hill butt, you know, fat, you know, the flat butt. Our glutes help us pick up our feet, our our glutes help us walk, our glutes help us get out of a chair. So all this functional fitness, I mean it's gonna help pick up your grandkids, maybe your dogs, and when you have those muscles. You're also aging backwards and you're preventing pre- preventing falls. You're preventing tripping. And that's what I work on with my clients is getting that back to the basics to build muscle, to fuel your body so that you can thrive in our midlife.
1: I have a very important question. Uh, are you going to make me eat kale?
2: You don't have to eat kale if you don't want to, oh, thank but goodness. it is good for you.
1: Oh, it's a garnish. <laughs> it's a garnish. It's not a vegetable. I can't do it.
2: There's a way to make it that makes it, that makes it not so bad.
1: Well, I know you say that, but I think you're wrong. There's no way. <laughs> All right. So uh, as you were talking, I was thinking, uh, you know, you, you said the word basics and, and heal from within when someone is attempting to get healthier. Uh, right. There's so much thrown at, right? You just, you said uh, lift weights, do some cardio, eat well, um, don't eat this, um, do this diet. Take supplements. Oh, the right type of supplements. Take vitamins. Oh, there's the wrong type of supplements. Take probiotics. Boom, 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 boom. Where do I start? Like, what's what's my fat If I'm building a house of health, where do I start? Do I start doing them all at once? Do I start eating? uh Well, How, wh- where do I start on this?
2: I mean, we know if you throw everything, most people can't do everything all at once. It's just too overwhelming, and. I am a big, big fan of James Clear Atomic Habits and starting with one habit and, and what's called habit stacking, adding one thing after another. And that's what I do with with my clients. So the the first thing is just eliminate the processed foods as much as you can. The ultra processed foods, the prepackaged stuff. And I'm talking about link cuisines, healthy choice, things that are labeled healthy that really aren't. It's getting back to, the food that you have to make and that doesn't mean it's expensive and that doesn't mean it takes a lot of time it's learning kind of that and putting that in your toolbox and starting with that that is the best thing that you can do and then also decreasing the amount of sugar because that's also in a lot of the ultra processed foods and the junk food is and that's something that our bodies don't need
1: and so if you start there i mean I know everybody's different, but how long does it take for your body to either reset, reboot, or go on a different course? If you, you know, if, if I'm eating regular United States, you know, stop by Arby's once a week, maybe eat healthy and you have a salad for dinner, but the next morning I'm I'm on the road and I got to hit McDonald's. Um, yeah. What? How long does this take for your body to kind of shake itself of the, you know, the prior uh, foods that you've been eating and kind of reboot?
2: Well, it's process, but. Most of my clients will see in two weeks, a significant amount of inflammation being lost. And I've had several who about two weeks, we needed them to start going to their doctor and adjusting diabetes medication, adjusting heart, um, heart disease or high blood pressure medication, because when, um, you know, we've talked about inflammation, there's a couple of different ones. And what I'm talking about is what's called chronic inflammation and, If you think about inflammation, everybody's like, what's the difference between that? Well, if you think about a mosquito bite and you get bit and it itches and it's hot and it swells, that's acute inflammation. It's a toxin that came into your body and your body's like, "Mm, get out of here. Let's get rid of you. When we eat foods that don't agree with us, meaning that those are ultra processed foods. Now we're doing that to the inside of our bodies and our body's doing the same thing. It's like, Hey, I don't like this stuff. I don't want it in here. And it does an inflammatory process, thinking that it's helping us. The problem is, is that when you keep throwing the same thing at it all the time, that inflammatory process keeps going. And now we're talking about our arteries are getting harder, are getting clogged, um, visceral fat around our organs, fat around our organs. That makes our organs work harder. Your joints might hurt. You might have headaches. And that is chronic inflammation. So when we start to fuel our body with what it wants, that inflammation process starts to tamper down. And all of a sudden you don't have high blood pressure and your blood sugar is stable. And so your diabetes or prediabetes has gotten better. Your joints feel better. You can think clearer. You're sleeping better. There's all these other cascade effects that occur. And that is usually within weeks one and two that Uh that starts and then it just keeps getting better and better and better after that.
1: And you mentioned, you know, working with your physician or a physician as well to make sure you're monitoring all this. So if you're on uh, hypertension drugs, you're on cholesterol medication, you're on whatever, right? You it sounds like you really do if you if you're doing this or whenever you're doing this, you need to get dialed in with your physician too, right?
2: You do. So what um in my assessment forms, I'm always seeing what medications people are on. I'm like, okay, so this is what's gonna happen if we start losing inflammation. You're you know, you might feel lightheaded and and just not understanding what it is. And a lot of people are like, oh well, it must be detox. Well, no, it's because your body's getting better. Your body is actually blood pressure is going down, you're taking blood pressure medication. So you're actually going lower than you should. I don't want anybody to change their medications on their own. And that's, that's why I'm always, you know, I, I won't do that. I don't prescribe. I, that's why I'm going to work with your doctor or tell you, okay, I need you to tell your doctor, this is what's going on. This is what you're doing. And then see where they want to go from there. Sometimes they take the medication all the way off. And then sometimes they do a step down where they're decreasing the medication.
1: Wow. And that's a real testament to actually combining, you know, two of your, your three things, which is pharmacology and, and uh, organic or, or natural uh, um, nutrition.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty
1: rare out there. I don't think many pharmacists and or nutritionists really cross paths like that. Is that true?
2: There's not too many of us now. And and it's, you know, I'm very much on preventive, I'm very much on reversing because I think we haven't been told. And I used to see this when I was in retail all the time. Oh, I went to my doctor. I have high cholesterol. I got to fill this prescription. Or I, and now it's, now we have the Wagovi semagliptide, Ozempic. Now the doctors have something to prescribe for weight loss when, and they don't even, discuss all the other options, but here I can write a prescription. Here you go. And I'm cheap. I mean, I would much rather do it with food than pay a copay. And then, and if I stop this medication, it all comes back anyway. And if you're not learning how to eat and you're still filling your body with all that ultra processed foods, you're not preventing other diseases. You might, yes, you might lose some weight, but you're not preventing other things that could be occurring.
1: Uh, It's a single, single solution for a holistic problem. Exactly. You mentioned it twice, and I'm really excited to get into it. Reversing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, when, when I hear reverse aging, maybe people listening or watching do the same thing, which is like, oh, hold their eyes. Uh, yeah. You know, one eight hundred commercials late at night talking about yeah. flavonoids from from red wine that gives everybody the excuse to drink more red wine. wine. Yeah. I know that's not it, but you know, when someone hears reverse aging, you know, th- their brains might go to what? How do you how do you classify? What are you talking about when you say reversing aging or the aging?
2: Reverse part? reverse aging means the inside. Your cells are actually Actually performing better. They're performing optimal. Um, think about it when you have something and everything's all rusted, and you get a nice little scouring pad, and you get all that rust off, and then you put a nice little coat of something on it, and that prevents that rust. That's what we're doing with food. So we are actually helping ourselves be able to turn over better, to be able to heal themselves better. Um, we have things that's called mitochondria that are, uh, that helps things for, for air and breathing our DNAs. As we, as we get older, if you think about a long strand and you think about, um, a shoestring on the end of the shoestring, we have these little caps and our DNA is called telomeres. As we get older, those get shorter and shorter and shorter. What we have found with whole food nutrition with keeping your blood sugar stable is that we can actually increase the size of those telomeres. We can actually increase the size of our DNA. Instead of it getting shorter and shorter and shorter, it's actually getting longer or staying the same. So we, in in our cells are the way our cells are and the way they react and the way they would bounce back is acting as a younger cell instead of an older cell. So that's reverse aging. And most of my clients will find that their wrinkles are a little bit less. Uh, they And so things that you thought of aging is being frail, of not being able to get out of a chair or not being able to think or not feeling good or having tons of aches and pains and seeing those things go away. And then my prediabetes, diabetes, and I was there um, when menopause hit. For some reason, my A1C, uh, which is a diabetes marker was going up. My dad had um, diabetes. I have the gene for diabetes and I was able to take from pre-diabetes back to low normal just by using nutrition and fitness. So it's definitely possible. I see it with all my clients. I even see it with me.
1: Is there a, this is going to be a, maybe a sad question, but hopefully not. Is is it ever too late?
2: No, no. I kind of say we have, we have, we're at a crossroads at this age. We have the opportunity to change and be on this on a path that will keep us out of the nursing home, that will keep us thriving, that will keep us independent, or we can do what we've always done, and go on the path of having have to have someone take care of us and the disability path. So we have a we have a narrow window now. And when we were younger, we could do things but we were actually borrowing against the future. It catches up with us. It's not that our bodies were resilient. It was just being able to cope and it was kind of like borrowing from, from the future. Well, now it's the future. And in paybacks, right? we know, right? Yeah, yeah. So now it's the time that we have to get it together. And whether you're, you know, we're talking about forties and fifties, I have clients in my sixties and seventies who are thriving and, and it's never too late to learn the, the power is, is that we have the power that we're the secret sauce. You either can say, yes, I'm going to do this or make excuses. And I'm not going to judge you from either one. I just know what I see is that if you want to reverse disease, if you want to stay out of the nursing home, because nursing homes are not where they are, where, where you want to be. It's, it's not total care. They're short staffed. It's, it's not, a, it's, it's not a home. I want to stay in my home. I want to stay independent. And I think most people want to be that way.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, if I'm taking care of somebody who is either in assisted living or a nursing home or some other you know version of it, <clears throat> what can I do? Uh, I'm not there all the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know that my uh, geriatric pharmacist is also a nutritionist and a functional movement or a, uh, uh uh health uh you know workout uh healthy lifestyle coach um what can i do w- uh, what if you know what if mom goes in and you know has an accident or a fall and uh, maybe it's a short term stay maybe it's we don't know it could be short term and long term what can i do either from afar or with the the care providers
2: one show up there's there's things um that they have there that involves the family and their meetings I can't tell you how many times I read the read the charts that family didn't show up. Be involved. Be involved with the facility. Know what's going on. Know what's going on with the care. Um if they're having lots of falls, are they working with therapy to try to prevent those? Unfortunately, sometimes when they're in a nursing home, they're in there because they fell in the first place. And now we're just trying to make life as as comfortable as possible. But at the same point too, look at the medications. If a pharmacist in in a, in a skilled nursing facility has to look at those residents once a month, we have to touch a resident every month. More than likely, I've made recommendations that says, these medications are calling, causing falls. They'll go to the family members. And the family's like, well, mom's always been on that medication. I don't wanna get rid of it. So be open to things have to change, be open to preventing falls, be open to having things different than what they were before. And, and just make sure that you're involved in that care. That, that I would say that's the biggest thing is I just see lack of involvement.
1: Yeah. Um, I believe it. The, um, let's, let's say, you know, mom or dad or loved one is in a facility They've got the pharmacist on site. Maybe they're getting some therapy. Are there some other things that I need to bring in from the outside that aren't being offered or aren't being shared? I mean, I'd hate to think that someone's in a nursing home and that's kind of it. You said like, let's well, make them comfortable. Well, yeah. what else can I do uh, if if that's the situation to get mom or dad or loved one off their feet and out of that thing?
2: Yeah. Well, ask the questions, you know, what is, what's the prognosis? How are they eating? Because, you know, institutional food is not the greatest. Maybe if it's something that you can bring in um, good nutritional, nutritious foods to help them, maybe that's something that you can do. Maybe, maybe it's calling every day or, or having FaceTime and we have all these things that we can do now. And, but it, once, once again, it's also understanding sometimes it is the disease progression, Sometimes it is if they're 80 or 90, sometimes it is the disease progression and just understanding. And you have questions, ask, don't just take it face value, ask those questions. Is there a possibility that they're going to going to be able to be discharged? What is the prognosis? What can we do? And are any of the medications causing any of these issues that are going on right now?
1: Thank you. So. I know we're, I know we're wrapping up because we've been talking for a long time, but um, it's a really fascinating subject. So I keep asking these questions. Um, Let's go. It's kind of a two-part question. First, let's go. uh, We've segmented kind of 40s, 50s, 60s, and then 70s and 80s plus. Um, Look, I know weight is a, is a marker or identifier, Mm -hmm. right? Disease state, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, diabetes, all those things. what about, and then, you know, later on, obviously 70s and 80s plus, Are there things personally I need to be looking for in the way my body looks, feels? Um, Are there other markers that are a bit more hidden that I should be attuned to to say, you know, maybe you need to make some changes?
2: There's some called metabolic syndrome or syndrome X. And that might be, it's like a buzzword. You'll hear that. One, how do you feel? Are things not the way they used to be? Don't just chalk it up for age. That's the big thing because I'll get that all the time. Oh, it's because I'm aging. Do you have headaches, joint pain? Are you feeling foggy? What metabolic syndrome is, is that you have three of the five. So three of the five being that your waist circumference, beer, we call it muffin top and females, beer, gut, and guys, um, that has increased. So that's one. How's your blood pressure? If that's elevated, that's two. How is your blood sugar? If that's elevated that's three. And then we go into LDL and HDL, which is your, which is your cholesterol. So if all of those are increasing, that is what's called metabolic syndrome. That increases your chance for stroke, for heart attack, for other disease, chronic inflammation, diseases, diabetes. That is those, those are blood tests. You should be going to the doctor every year, getting certain blood tests just to see where you are and if you're not and your doctor's like oh you don't need those yeah you do because we need to see where you are now and if those things are improving or get or or if they're getting worse those are things you can look at but the big thing is how are you feeling if you just don't feel if you're not sleeping right if you notice that you're tired all the time if you notice that you're and I and I don't like to say wait because I think the scale is 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 evil and it doesn't tell you the whole truth but are, are your joints hurting? Are your knees hurting? Is it, are you seeing that your pants aren't fitting as much? Is that belt loop getting looser and looser, or or you have to get a new size? Those are all markers of saying, okay, I need to do something.
1: Thank you. Um, this has been wonderful and really enlightening. Um, what questions? And again, you know, we the trifecta of what you do. What questions or question did I not ask? Uh, about all of these topics that I should have
2: covered it all. I just, you know, I just want to say that we have the power to reverse. We have the power to change our course and it is so within our reach. It doesn't have to be difficult. Reach out for help. I know, I know uh, of all of us in our, in our retirement years, we're all budgeting, but sometimes it does pay for itself to get a professional to get somebody on track. That way, think about how much money you're saving for not going to assist the living facility, which is thousands a month or a nursing home, which is thousands a month. So preventive care always pays for itself.
1: Awesome. Amy, thank you so much. Thank you. The Matt Fair Show, related content, publications, and MF Media LLC is in no way associated, endorsed, or authorized by any governmental agency, including the Social Security Administration, the Department of Health and Human Services, or the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The Matt Fair Show is in no way associated with, authorized, approved, endorsed, nor in any way affiliated with any company, trademark names, or other marks mentioned or referenced in or on The Matt Fair Show. Any such mention is for purpose of reference only. Any advice, generalized statistics, or opinions expressed are strictly those of the host and guests of The Matt Ferrett Show. Although every effort has been made to ensure the contents of The Matt Ferrett Show and related content are correct and complete, laws and regulations change quickly and often. The ideas and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferrett Show aren't meant to replace the sage advice of healthcare, insurance, financial planning, accounting, or legal professionals. You are responsible for your financial decisions. It is your sole responsibility to independently evaluate the accuracy, correctness, or completeness of the content, services, and products of, and associated with, The Matt Ferret Show, MF Media LLC, and any related content or publications. The thoughts and opinions expressed on The Matt Ferret Show are those of the host and The Matt Ferret Show guests only and are not the thoughts and opinions of any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferrett Show, nor is The Matt Ferrett Show made by, on behalf of, or endorsed or approved by any current or former employer of the host or guests of The Matt Ferrett Show.